Amen. Let us open up our Bibles to the book of John chapter 13. I just have so much going on right now. Amen. Uh, 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 the Lord is still downloading certain things, certain thoughts. Amen. And I'm trying to push out my thoughts and allow his thoughts to come in. Amen. Because my thoughts can be louder sometimes than God's thoughts. Amen. Can somebody say amen? Amen. And so we have to uh, learn to distinguish the two. Amen. And and to push those out and to let those come in. Amen. But uh, we're going to get right into it. We'll pick up our tithe and our offering after. Amen. But uh, uh, let's go ahead and read out of the book of John chapter 13. Amen. As we wrap up our uh, uh, series, amen, on the mission field. Uh, amen. Today, we've been in training, amen, uh, for next weekend. Amen. But John chapter 13, we're going to be reading verses 1 through 17. I'm going to be reading, amen, out of the book, out of the, uh, the Bible, amen, <laughs> uh, but out of the uh, New King James Version uh, this morning. Amen. The Bible says this. Now before the feast of the Passover, when Jesus knew that his hour had come, that he should depart from this world to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. And supper being ended, the devil had already put it into the heart of Judas to betray Jesus. Jesus, knowing that the Father had given all things into his hands and that he had come from God and was going to God, rose from the supper and laid aside his garments, took a towel and girded himself. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash the feet of the disciples and to wash them with the towel which he had girded. Then he came to Simon Peter and said to him, Lord, are you washing my feet? Jesus answered and said to him, What I am doing you do not understand now, but you will know after this. Peter said, You ain't washing my feet. Jesus answered him, If I don't wash you, then you have no part with me. Simon Peter said to him, Lord, not my feet only then, but also my hands and my head. Give me a shower. And Jesus said, He who is bathed needs only to wash his feet, but is completely clean. And you are clean, but not all of you. For he knew who would betray him. Therefore he said, You are not all clean. So when he had washed their feet, taken his garments and sat down again, he said to them, Do you know what I have done to you? You call me teacher and Lord, and you say, well, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash someone else's feet. For I have given you an example that you should do as I have done to you. Most assuredly, I say to you, a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who is sent greater than he who sent him. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. Amen. This morning, I want to uh, 
teach on this topic. Why am I on mission? It's a question. Why am I on mission? Jesus, we love you and we appreciate you, Lord. We thank you for the reading of your word, Lord Jesus. We thank you for your spirit, Jesus. We thank you for showing up at this time, at this place, at this hour, Lord, to be with your people. Jesus, we want nothing more than to give you all the honor and all the glory. Jesus, we come open-hearted. We come open-minded to receive your word, Jesus, to change our heart, to change our minds, to change our situation, to make a change, a transformation that will give you glory and honor. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Give God a round of applause. Amen. As you take your seats this morning. Amen. Again, I want to thank everybody for coming out. Amen. Uh, please keep those in prayer that aren't here today. Amen. And we want to thank everybody for joining us online. Amen. I know you guys see, amen, uh, these props, amen, now starting to, to show up here on the platform. And you're probably uh, uh, guessing and wondering uh, what's going to happen and what's going on. Amen. I actually had to take a prop down because I thought to myself, you know, it's just too much on the eyes. Amen. Uh, and I don't want to lose people's uh, uh, focus. I want their focus to be here. Amen. So they can receive uh, amen, the word. But I have a story, amen, that I want to start with, just like in the other two uh, messages, amen, that we got into, amen. It had almost been three and a half years since the, since the day he had dropped everything he'd ever known to step into this new life that he knew nothing about, amen. He could still remember Jesus' whisper loud enough for only him to hear amidst the crowd, come and follow me. Peter knew very little of what, was, what he was getting himself into. But something inside of him told him this was the most important decision that he would ever make in his life. And now several years later, he could barely even remember the days when his only goal was catching fish on the Sea of Galilee. He and the other guys that Jesus called his disciples had witnessed the blind sea, the dead rise, the waves become calm, and demons cast it out. Amen. Even crazier, that at, even crazier was that at some point Jesus had him, Peter, actually doing the miracles himself. It never got old seeing the look of joy on a man's face as he walked for the first time after a lifetime of being paralyzed. And so here they were in their third Passover meal together. Somehow this one felt different than the other ones that they had. As the guys found their spots around the table, Jesus didn't go directly to his seat. Instead, he got down on his knees next to a basin of water and began to wash the other guys' feet. The others, like Peter, were speechless. Jesus had spoken about serving other countless times, but this was just too much. This was going too far, Jesus. Peter was the last one to go, and by this point, Peter couldn't stay quiet anymore. He said, no, Lord. He yelled it out as he pulled his feet away. Then Jesus looked deeply into Peter's eyes like he had done over the three years when they first met and said words that once again would forever change his life 
Once more, Peter slowly extended his feet and watched in disbelief as the creator of the universe, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, washed the gunk in between his blistered and dirty toes. Amen. Can somebody say amen? Amen. All I can say to that is what a powerful example of servitude. What a powerful example of servitude. Amen. And over the course of the last uh, several of, of weeks, we've, we've been preparing to step into the, to the mission field of God. Amen. Into the mission field, we have been preparing to, to go beyond the four walls. Amen. To go beyond the pews. Amen. To, to go beyond the classrooms. Amen. To, to go beyond where you normally sit. Amen. Most of us have our own seating. Amen. We, we go directly to our seats. Amen. Every Sunday. And, 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 uh, and, and we're, we know that that seat is open because others know that I sit there. Can you say amen? And so uh, they don't uh, uh, gravitate towards that area. They don't go that area but we've been preparing to to leave our seats amen and to to go into the mission field amen and to stand on the mission that God has called each and every one of us to can you say amen amen and so the first week amen that we talked about this amen we we've uh, found that we are called, amen, and we found that this calling is not just for a, an elite few. It's not just for for uh, uh, those that are great in the kingdom of God. It's those that are that are the least and the greatest. Can you say amen? It's for for whosoever will, amen. Whosoever will, whosoever will make the life changing choice, uh, amen, to follow God into the mission field, to follow God into the workplace, to follow God. Amen. Into the community. Can you say amen? Amen. amen. And so we saw that. Amen. In our first uh, uh, lesson of, of we are called. Amen. If you're here or if you're watching online, it's because you are called. And God has something great that he wants you to do. Uh, not just in your life, but in somebody else's life as well. Amen. And then we answered the question of what is my message? Amen. After the Lord delivered each and every one of us uh, from Egypt. Amen. He delivered some of us from drugs. Uh, he delivered some of us from alcohol. He, he delivered some of us from sickness. Uh, amen. He delivered some of us from depression. He, he delivered some of us from anger. Whatever it is, God, uh, amen, did something in your life. Amen. Uh, and that's why you find yourself here grateful God thank you for doing what you did for me thank you for intervening in my marriage thank you for making the man amen that I should have been in the beginning uh, thank you Lord Jesus and because of that uh, we have made the decision amen uh, but now we're supposed to take that message into the world we're supposed to take that message to our friends uh, take that message to our family and our co-workers can somebody say amen? 
And then we answered the question, what is my message? What did God tell uh, uh, the man that was possessed by legion, amen, uh, when he came to Jesus after he had been uh, delivered, amen, uh, didn't even know his name. He was so messed up in his mind and in his heart, uh, amen, in his soul. He came to Jesus after Jesus delivered him, and he was there now down, and he looked up and he said, Jesus, can I go with you? I'm so grateful. I want to jump on the mission. I want to go with you. Amen. He says, no, you can't. But what I need you to do is go back into the town. Amen. Well, what do I tell him, Jesus? What's the message? Well, the message is what I did for you in your life and how I delivered you and how I changed you and how I restored you. It wasn't difficult. It wasn't uh, 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 rocket science. He didn't send them to a class, Brother Greg, and say, you got to go through so many classes and you got to have so many diplomas and you got to have so many degrees and you got to have so many hours of internship and you got to have so many hours of prayer and you got to have so many hours of, of service and you got to have this and you got to have so many uh, scriptures memorized or you got to read the entire Bible from front to back or you got to be perfect. Amen. Jesus says, no, five minutes after he healed him five minutes after he delivered him he said take the message into the city and tell everybody what i did for you amen you know, and too many times, we talked about it last time, too many times, uh, we're waiting for that, uh, for that uh, title. We're, we're waiting for that uh, uh, position. We're, we're waiting that uh, it's not time yet, but you've been sitting here for a year. You've been sitting here for two years, uh, or we've been sitting there for three years, amen, and we have yet uh, to bring somebody to the house of the Lord. Uh, we have yet, amen, to win over a family member. Uh, we have yet, amen, to win over a co-worker. We have yet to harvest uh, the very community that you and I reside in. Amen. Because I'm not ready. I don't have the words. And Jesus told him, you got the message. The message is what I did for you in your life. Tell others that I could do the same thing for them. That if I did it for you, I can do it for them too. Can somebody say amen? Amen. His words were this. And I quote, Jesus says, go and tell what God has done for you. That's what he told him. Those were Jesus Christ's words. Read it in the book of Luke chapter 8. He says, go and tell your neighbor what I did for you. Go and tell your coworker what I did for you. Go and tell your community what I did for you. Amen. Now, we don't got to go and knock on somebody's door and say, hey, you know what? Like three years ago, I was having problems in my marriage. Amen. And I was getting ready to split and I was getting ready to leave and all this stuff was happening. My wife was doing that. My husband was doing that. Uh, but then God came in and delivered me. You know, they're going to be like, whoa. They're going to be more focused on what you said before than after. We don't have to get into all those details. Amen. All we got to do is say that God is good. Amen. You know, uh, uh, after we had uh, uh, last week, after we, just a little testimony, Alex is in here. He flew in to, to go see his mom this weekend. Amen. And, and he was telling me on the way to the, to the airport. And he says, hey, you know what happened to me after service? 
And I says, well, what happened? He goes, I was walking around in the neighborhood in the evening when the, the sun went down. And uh, I was over there by the park, and I was walking around and, and getting my nightly walk-in. And there was some guy that looked real intimidating right there by the, the table. So I kind of stayed away, kind of walked around and, and, you know, just wanted to give him a space. And as I was walking, he said, the guy called him over. Said, hey, come on over, man. Can I talk to you? And so he said he went over there and he started talking to him. And the guy says, hey, man, you know, what's your name? He introduced himself to him. He says, I, I live right there in that house. And uh, he says, hey, can I talk to you? Uh, can I share the gospel with you? Just like that. Can I share the gospel with you? And Alex says, sure. And so he said he was out there for almost 45 minutes. And this guy was sharing the gospel with him. And told him how God had delivered him from a, uh, this type of life and that type of life and all this stuff. And, and how God was so good. Amen. And that, that because of what God did, he promised God that every individual that he was going to come in contact, he was going to ask them the question, can I share the gospel with you? Now you give the individual, it's your choice to say yes. It's your choice to say no. But you chose yes. And he sat there. And then he said, man, thank you, pastor, for giving us those lessons on Wednesday and having the deacons and the, and the ministers because I was able to share with him the difference between baptism in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit versus Jesus Christ, amen, for the remission of sins. He says, and I was excited. He goes, I was so excited. I went all the way back to the house and grabbed a pamphlet and took it all the way back to him and gave it to him at the park. He goes, I didn't want him to know where I lived. And I says, well, why not? He goes, I don't know. We want strangers to know where we live. It didn't matter. At that point, he wasn't a stranger no more. Amen. He goes, and I just, I went to bed and I was amazed that, that there, are peop, there are people out there that will say, hey, can I share the gospel with you? Can I have five minutes of your time? Can I take 15 minutes of your time? Amen. That there are still people that are knocking on doors and you're looking through the people and you, you back away like this. Right? You know, the watchtower things. Amen. We don't open the, but there's still people out there that are sharing the gospel. Amen. And so that is the mission that you and I are called to do. Can somebody say amen? Amen. And so I want to finish this lesson today by answering another question of why am I on mission? Why am I on mission? Why can't I just be a, a normal soccer mom? Amen. Instead of a mom on a mission. Do I really need to see my school as a mission field? My job's already hard enough. Do I really have to have spiritual conversations with my unsaved co-workers? Can't I just attend like everybody else? Amen. Or I'll do everything. Amen. I'll do everything but this, Lord, I'll show up to services, I'll show up to activities amongst the believers. I'll show up to the activities amongst the believers. Uh, amen. I'll give according to your word. Uh, amen. But why do I have to be on the mission field? 
Why am I on mission? Amen. Allow me to illustrate why. I was telling my wife yesterday as we were hanging out at the house, amen, uh, I says, I need to go to the market. She says, what are you going to do at the market? I says, I need to go buy some TV dinners. She says, well, I'm going to make dinner. And I says, well, TV, and I don't normally eat TV dinners in the house. Amen. But I know you guys are, uh, I don't know if you saw this before or if you're seeing it now. Amen. But I got a couple of TV dinners right here. I picked out my favorite TV dinners too. Amen. I got the Salisbury steak, Brother Greg. Amen. Amen. I got the Salisbury steak with the mashed potatoes and the corn. Amen. With the gravy. Amen. These things are on point. These things are awesome. Amen. They got a bunch of sodium though. Amen. Like 5,000 uh, uh, things of sodium. Amen. Uh, you wake up all swollen the next morning when you eat these things. Amen. But they are good. Amen. You pop them in the microwave. Amen. And uh, you, you drench the Salisbury steak and everything with tapatio sauce. Amen. And you, you know, you eat it up real nice. Amen. These things are good. They're great. Amen. They're wonderful. Amen. But the reason why I pulled out uh, one of these things, uh, uh, TV dinners, is because these things right here, you see how they're individually wrapped, individually uh, 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 packaged? Amen. You see, I want to I say this, okay? I want to say that Jesus is, in, is inviting us into a chicken pot pie relationship. He's, Jesus is inviting us into a chicken pot pie relationship with him. And I know that some people are saying pastors getting weirder and weirder on the pulpit every Sunday. But, but you'll understand this. Amen? How many of you like visuals at school? And tell the teacher, whoa, 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 don't erase that yet. Back up. Do it again. Amen? You see, Jesus is inviting us into a chicken pot pie relationship with him. He doesn't want you to have a TV dinner relationship with him. And the reason why I say that is because I have the option to eat only the Salisbury steak of the TV dinner. Now we all know that greens are from the devil. So if there were greens in here, you know pastor ain't touching them and you know Oscar ain't even buying it. Amen. You can't pay brother Oscar to eat greens. Amen. So we have the opportunity just like this a TV dinner to compartmentalize. Did I say that right, Sister Iris? I did, huh? You can't say it fast, though. Compartmentalize. This, in other words, it's broken down into compartments. Amen. It's broken down into compartments. So, so if I just want the steak, I could just pull back the wrapping that far and just eat the steak. Or I could get my fork and go like that and rip that up and just eat that and leave the rest there. 
Amen. Or if I just don't want the corn, I don't have to eat the corn. If I don't want the mashed potatoes and the gravy, I don't have to have it. Amen. And so we, we, we put certain things, we keep them in their compartments. Amen. We don't want to touch it. We don't want to expose it. We don't want to know about it. We don't want to eat it. We don't like it. Amen. So we just leave it there all by itself, unexposed, in the dark, untouched. Can you say amen? But you see, God doesn't want to have uh, you to have those compartments in your life. He doesn't want you to have uh, things hidden in the dark. He doesn't want you to, to have things that, that he himself can't even touch, uh, that he himself can't even look at, uh, that he himself can't even get into. Amen. And so he wants you and I to get out of this uh, TV dinner uh, uh, um, uh, mentality. Amen. And, and to stand wholeheartedly amen on the mission field with everything uncovered amen everything exposed amen everything untouched so that we can go into the mission field and invite them into a relationship where God is going to touch every part of their life amen God is going to touch every part amen that is there and change in their life you know, if I, I can't, I mean, I could sit there. It'll take me forever to sit there and move the peas to one side and to move the carrots to one side or to move the chicken to one side. Amen. But a chicken pot pie, you just throw your spoon in there and every bite, amen, whether it's got peas or corn or chicken or papas, whatever it is, God is touching every part of your life when you have a chicken a chicken pot pie amen uh, relationship with him oh you see you guys got me all messed up amen amen can you say amen amen he doesn't want us to you know and i i thought to myself how do how do we compartmentalize how do we compartmentalize what do we do for those of you that have a blended family, check this out. Amen. You, you, you just want to have a one-titled family. And we compartmentalize. These are my kids. These are your kids. This is my family, and that's your family. They don't have the last name, same last name, so they can't hang out. They don't have the same last name, so I don't care. They don't have the same last name, so I ain't inviting them. They don't have the same last name, so I ain't praying for them. They don't have the same last name, so I'm not helping them with their bills. They don't have the same last name. We become to have one-titled families. And God says, no, when you marry into that family, you become a chicken pot pie family. Amen. Amen. You know, people come to me and they say, how many kids do you got? I tell them nine. And they said, man, that's a lot of love. Yeah, that's a lot of love, a lot of patience, a lot of understanding, a lot of forgiveness, a lot of reaching out. Why? Because I married a chicken pot pie. You're not a chicken pot pie, honey. <laughs> Y'all get it, right? Because we have a tendency to compartmentalize in our families. I'm only going to be part of this, but not part of that. 
I don't want to hang out with that side of the family. They're not serving the Lord. They don't look like me. They don't act like me. They don't talk like me. Well, maybe if you went over there and you shared the gospel with them, then they'll give their life to the Lord and become part of this family. Amen. It hit me because we're in a blended family. And I thought to myself, wow. Now, there can be times where that happens. It happens at work. Amen. Oh, that's not my job description. I just got hired for this, and that's all I'm doing. I'm not going to go over there and help in that department. I'm not going to go over there and help in that department. And I'm definitely not going to help over there in that department. We begin to compartmentalize. But when you're an ambassador of Christ, you're involved in every aspect of the area. You're involved in every aspect of the family. You're involved in every aspect of the job. Why? Why? Because you're not only representing your job, but you're representing Jesus Christ. Amen. And God went into everybody's house. He went into everybody's family. He went into every community. He didn't say, no, I don't want to go over there. I don't want to do that. You know, he, he was, he went, they criticized him for the places that he went. As a parent, uh, I can't just have a relationship with one of my children. I just can't, and I can't have favorites. Can you say amen? I can't just talk to this child and not to that child. I can't just have a relationship with this one and not with that one. I got nine children, amen, and two grandchildren, one on the way, amen. I got to love them all equally the same, treat them the same, talk to them the same, be with them the same, help them the same same because that's what Jesus did with us can you say amen amen we can't compartmentalize amen we can't not in our families not in our jobs amen not with our friends I just have one friend and that's it. I just want to talk to one person and that's it. I just want to have one acquaintance and that's it. You know how many friends God had? You know how many friends Jesus had? How many of you say that you are a friend of God? If you're all a friend of God's, amen, why do we only have one friend? Why can we only have one friend? Amen. I don't like that individual. Well, what if I said God didn't like you? Amen. You know, when we say things like that, I don't like that individual. God's right there like, what do you mean you don't like them? You should love them. Amen. 
No, I'm not saying, you know, a lot of people think they're friends. I got to start telling you all my business and everything that's happening. No, 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 I'm not talking about that. We have some friends that we confidants and we confide in and we talk to. And then we have other friends that we just go out to dinner with and eat food with. And we have friends that we work together with. And we have friends in the community that we say, hey, at the mailbox, all oh, this junk mail. They should put a trash can right here so we could just throw it all away. You know, we have, we have all, oh, that's my friend right there. You know, all this and, hey, waving at the market that's my friend you know we have friendships that are different amen but there are some that refuse to have more than one friend amen and that when we get into that type of behavior we're compartmentalizing our friendships we're compartmentalizing our relationships we're compartmentalizing our children and our family members and our cousins and our nieces and our nephews and our grand we're compartmentalizing them and God says I can't use you when you have favorites I can't use you when you like one over the other I can't use you because in this line of business you have to want to reach everybody And that's why it's difficult. That's why it takes work. That's why it takes sacrifice. That's why it takes going into prayer and going into fasting. That's why it takes transformation. Amen. So that God can get the glory. So that God can receive the honor. Amen. We got one titled families. We, we got one titled uh, uh, workers. Amen. We got uh, uh, one titled friends. Amen. And then we got one for spiritual beliefs. Amen. Oh, I'm not going to hang out with them. They're Trinitarian. I'm not going to hang out with them. They're Catholic. I'm not going to hang out with them. They're Baptist. I'm not going to hang out with them. They're Lutheran. I'm not going to hang out with them. They're this. I'm not going to. They don't even look like me. Amen. How will the world know the truth? How will they know what the Bible really says? If we compartmentalize people. Amen. I hang out with all kinds of people. It doesn't mean I got to compromise what I believe. It doesn't mean I got to put down my cross. It doesn't mean I'm believing like them or I'm acting like them or I'm doing what they're doing. I'm there trying to be a light. I'm there trying to strike up a conversation. I'm there trying to have some fun. Amen. Amen. But because we live a compartmentalized life and not a chicken pot pie life, we're limited in what we can do on the mission field. Amen. Let's give God a round of applause. Amen. Can I tell somebody that Jesus isn't interested in your spiritual life. He's interested in your entire life. Amen. He's not just interested in your spiritual life. He's interested 
in your entire life. Amen. Back then, back in the day, how many of you guys remember that catchy slogan? If it doesn't get all over the place, then it doesn't belong in your face. How many of you remember that? Amen. And the same thing should be said for us, that if it doesn't get all over the place, then it doesn't belong in your faith. Amen. If it doesn't get all over the place, then it doesn't belong in your faith. Amen. And so in this portion of scripture that we read as a powerful portion of scripture was because it was right just before the Passover festival. Amen. And how many of you know why it was called the Last Supper? It was the Last Supper, but that means there had been some suppers before that. Amen. Oh, this is powerful because Jesus had already had two prior suppers with his disciples. Remember, he was with them for three years. But this one had to do with the last supper. And so as they were getting ready to have the last supper, Amen. It was just before the Passover festival. Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and to go with the Father. Amen. The Bible says, having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. Amen. And so the, the place was set. The table was set. The atmosphere was set. The, the room was set. Amen. Everything was set and the meal was getting ready to go, uh, 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 was to, to commence. It was getting ready to start. They were getting ready to, to have the last supper. And the Bible says that the devil had already influenced Judas to betray Jesus. So Jesus, knowing all thoughts, uh, knowing everything, knew what he was already walking into. Can you say amen? amen. But he still did it. Amen. He didn't compartmentalize. He didn't say, hey guys, get Judas out of here. He walked into the whole thing. And, and even then, he knew that Peter later on was going to deny him. And he didn't kick him out either. As a matter of fact, the disciples were at the table arguing about who's going to be greater, God, me, or them. He walked into a mess. And he still accepted everybody at the table. Amen. And so that's, that's a powerful attribute, a character that we should carry. That no matter when somebody wrongs us, we got to forgive and move forward and pray for them. Amen. That if we see them in the market, we don't turn around and take off running because they wronged us. Praise the Lord, sister. How are you? Praise the Lord, brother. Or, or hey, how are you doing? How are the family? God bless. Take the higher road. Amen. We leave the basket there and we take all run into our car and we burn rubber out of the parking lot. Er, you get home. Hey, what happened to those chips? Oh, I didn't get them. You didn't get them. What happened? Oh, I, I ran into so-and-so and I gave her the meanest look and I just jumped in my car and I drove off. Well, who lost out? Now you got to go to the market again. Amen. 
They didn't lose out. As a matter of fact, she's, he's walking by and he's buying his groceries going home. Happy. Amen. But that's what happens when we compartmentalize. Amen. When we compartmentalize. Amen. And so, so the, the dinner is set. Amen. The supper is set. Everything is going on. Amen. Jesus sees everything. You know what he does? While everybody is there, Judas is there, getting ready to betray Jesus. Peter's there. Low, loudmouth Peter. Is there. Jesus knows he's going to betray him. Jesus goes and he grabs a disciple. Sit down here. Come on up and help me out, Brother Greg. Knowing what they are going to do. The Bible says that he takes off his coat. He kneels down before the disciple. Took off his socks. Knowing that he was going to betray him. He washes his feet. Jesus is doing something on that day that he had never done before. In all of the years that he was with the disciples, now these feet are much cleaner than the feet. That Jesus had washed on that day. Amen, brother. Thank you. Amen. That's okay. You can take that, brother. Jesus washed the feet of the disciples.
and he washed the grime from in between their toes. He did something that he had never done. In the three and a half years that the disciples were with him, and all of the suppers that he had prior to that, he had never done anything like that before. He blew their mind. Because I can imagine after three and a half years, amen, of seeing miracle after miracle and and, and every time the tent went up, Brother Greg, I can imagine the disciples after three and a half years uh, probably set up a table of their own off to the side and, and began to play dominoes or began to play some cards. Uh, amen. As Jesus Christ set up the tent uh, and he went in there and he saw the form, the line form, and they knew, amen, oh, that's Jesus over there. He's at work again. He's healing people. And, and you see him go in through the front with a walker or a cane uh, or on a bed and you see him walk out, amen, carrying it and throwing it off to the side amen i can imagine some of the disciples probably saying man every time we get together we're the ones that got to throw all that stuff away but jesus had done something that night that blew their mind so much so that in john chapter 13 and verse 8 Peter says, you ain't washing my feet. You're not touching my feet. As a matter of fact, they probably looked at Jesus was doing something that the servants didn't even do. Amen. And so, you know, it's easy for you and I, amen, it's easy for you and I to turn the mission off and to turn it on. It's easy. When God said, I want you to wash somebody's feet, I said, what you talking about, Willis? I want you to do something you've never done before. I want you to wash somebody's feet. You know, there were times, Brother Greg, when they had a, a foot washing thing and I didn't go. I said, I ain't washing nobody's feet. I'm not touching nobody's feet. And as I was preparing for this message, he says, you're going to wash somebody's feet. Because over the years, it was easy for me to turn it on. And turn it off. It was easy for me to compartmentalize that part of my walk with God. Where God says, you say you're a servant, but you do otherwise. You say you're going to follow my word. Now, I'm not saying we're going to start washing everybody's feet. Although we should have a foot washing service. Amen. So, oh, Pastor finally got it over with. Now he wants everybody to start doing it. 
Amen. But what I'm saying, church, is that you and I, we turn this on and off in our life. One week I'm going to serve. Next week I'm not going to serve. One month I'm going to serve. Next month I'm not going to serve. This year I'm going to serve. Next year I'm not going to serve. But you see, God was always, Jesus Christ was always on mission. He never stopped. He was always on mission. Amen. Can somebody say amen? And he had every right to make excuses. I wrote down some excuses that he probably would have, uh, of, 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 uh, have made. One of them is this. He was having a nice meal with his friends. It's just a Friday night. Amen. We're just here relaxing. It ain't a church activity. It ain't a church Dinner, it ain't a Bible study. Why do I got to talk about Jesus? Why do I got to bring Jesus into my, my dinner table? Oh, that's all. We only bring out the Bible when, when we're having Bible study. Jesus could have very well said that. Oh, this ain't a men's gathering. We're not having a, uh, this is a festival, uh, the Last Supper. Amen. We're celebrating. But he brought it out anyways. Amen. Another excuse he could have made that the people at the meal didn't deserve it. They don't deserve salvation. They don't deserve to know about the God that I serve. They don't deserve it. Ah. But Jesus didn't say that. He didn't say, well, they deserve what they get. Or I've already told them many a times, and they're not listening. Remember, statistics show that before somebody actually agrees or receives, they've already gone through at least a dozen times of being invited or being spoken to. How many times growing up, just think back, how many times were you invited from childhood up till you finally came to the church? I know people had been telling me all my life, hey, you need church. Hey, you need Jesus. Hey, you need to go here. And hey, can I talk to you about this? Nah, I don't want it. I don't want it. But until finally at the age of 31, I said, okay. Amen. Another excuse he could have made. That he was overqualified. In other words, washing someone's feet was not even part of the role of a servant. He could have easily built a strong case that this was beneath him. He could have said, I'll serve, but I'm not going to do that. I'll do something, just not that. I'll serve at this capacity, but not at that capacity. Now we're compartmentalizing. I'll use my gift there. But I won't use it there. I'll use my talent there, but I won't use it there. We're compartmentalizing. Amen. I'll go talk to them, but I won't go talk to them. Amen. He could have very well, very easily done that. Amen. Another excuse. This was a really undesirable task. 
It was a nasty task to do. To wash somebody's nasty feet. Amen. And you know why? I believe why Jesus did that. Was because there was no servant there. To help or to bring water. There was nobody there. And back in those days they didn't sit at a table like you and I do. On a chair. And, walk, and, and sit down and be served. The table was on the floor and they laid there. They laid there and leaned back with their feet right there. So their feet were closest to the table. And so you had all these nasty, dirty, grimy feet close to the food. And the disciples didn't care. I don't matter if he's smelling my feet. It don't matter. And so not only was, was Jesus teaching him a powerful lesson of servitude, Jesus, he was teaching him a powerful lesson of servitude. Amen. And finally, he had a lot bigger stuff on his mind. He could have said, hey, I'm getting ready to go and get crucified here. I got bigger fish to fry than to be washing somebody's feet right now. But you know what, church? That was the last thing he taught them. That was the last thing he taught them before he ascended into heaven. Before he was crucified. The most powerful lesson that he was going to give them, he could only give to them. It wasn't for everybody else. It wasn't for everybody else. It was for them. Was I want you to go out there and I want you to serve. Let's give God a round of applause. As we get ready to close. Amen. I have so much more, amen, that I'm not even going to get into this morning. Amen. But when we look at the life of Jesus Christ in order, and we're talking about, we know he was God manifested in the flesh. Okay, we, we, we know all that. You say, Pastor, how, how can I have a servant's heart? How can I be more like you? You know what Jesus Christ did every time before he went to perform miracles and to do certain things? We read it in the book of John, chapter 11, 12, 13, leading all the way up. He prayed. Jesus prayed about everything. He even took the disciples with him to pray. There has to be a pouring out before there can be a pouring in. Church, we come 
See this water? Still clear. His feet were clean. Thank you, brother. But this is how we come to the Lord. We come dirty. We come filthy. This is how we come to Jesus. This is how I came to Jesus. If it could get any darker than that, that was me. But before he could pour good into me, the bad had to be poured out. Now you see, there's still a little bit left. But I left room for the Lord to pour into me. Now it's not as dark as the first one. But I kept on praying. And in prayer I came and I gave it all to God. I released all my hate, all of my anger. Everything that I was holding. I gave him my drug addiction, my alcohol addiction. I gave him everything. brought it to him in prayer and I surrendered and every time he poured into me and then he said okay Larry now go pour what I poured into you into somebody else You see, I couldn't do it in the beginning because all I was doing, all I was going to do was pour grime and dirt and nastiness into other people. And I'm going to tell you, church, that it is true that evil communication will corrupt good manner. That was clear. And so you and I can't pour our ugliness into other people. And so that's why we have to come to prayer and pour that out so God can pour in the good so that eventually it's so clean. you can drink it we want to bring refreshing to people they're already getting that in the world they're already getting that out there people don't come to the church expecting to get that people come to the church to get this 
Otherwise, they'll just stay out there. If that's all the church has to offer, that dirty black water, I'm going to stay out there. And God has been working on us and working on us and working on us through the message, through the word, through the ministry, through the leadership, through one another, through trial and tribulation, through prayer. God has been working and working and working. And so it's time to pour some good into the bad. Now eventually, if I put this under a faucet with clean water eventually it's gonna come out looking like this and that's how crc has been over the course of five years five years church we're clean by the word of the lord the bible says We've been cleaned, baptized in Jesus' name, filled with the power and the glory of the Holy Ghost. It's time to take the message into the mission field. Amen. It's time. It's time. Amen. If we can just all stand this morning. In verses 13 through 17. Jesus says. Do you know what I have done to you? This was after he washed their feet. Do you know what I have done for you? Or done to you? He says you call me teacher. And you call me Lord. He says, and that's good. That's great. That's wonderful. Because I am. <laughs> that's what Jesus says. He says, so then if I, your Lord, your teacher, your Savior, your Deliverer, your healer, your mentor, your counselor, your provider have washed your feet, then you also ought to wash one another's feet. He says, for I have given you an example that you should do as I do. Most assuredly, I say to you that a servant is not greater than his master, nor is he who sent greater than he who sent him. You know who washed their feet? That was God.
Let's look beyond the natural man of Jesus Christ. Who was that man? Remember, God needed a body to shed blood. And that was God. God came off of his throne to wash somebody's feet. The same God that gives you life, the same God that gives you good health, the same God that provides for you, humbled himself as a servant to wash somebody's feet, to serve. How much more us? He says, if you know these things, you know them now. Shouldn't have came today. Because now you can't say that you don't know. I didn't know that part. If you know these things, blessed are you if. Let me say that. Blessed are you if you do them. We have a choice to make today, church. He gave a choice to them on that day. He says, hey, blessed are you if you decide to do them. If you don't, no blessing for you. And so I want to encourage everybody. I hope that these last three messages that we received, amen, as training to go into the mission field, I pray that you received something out of every one of them. We're okay, God, I'm chosen. What do I say? Say what I did for you. Why am I on mission? To serve. To reach others. And so, before I dismiss, I do want to open up this altar and give an opportunity for somebody to pour out before the Lord. Because next Sunday we will not be in this building having our traditional service. Next Sunday we will be in the mission field. And so we have an opportunity today to pour out so that God can pour into us during the week, Wednesday night. Remember, pour in, pour out. Pour in, pour out. Then we're having Friday night prayer. Another opportunity to get rid of that residue. Amen. Pour out so God could pour in. So that on Sunday, we could pour something fresh into somebody's life this weekend, next weekend.
can somebody say amen? Amen, this altar is open.